spectacular. Shafey. Shafey, are you there? I'll have a decaf coffee. I'll have a decaf espresso. I'll have a double decaf cappuccino. Do you have any decaffeinated coffee ice cream? I'll have a half double decaffeinated yeah. half cap with a twist of lemon. I'll have a twist of lemon. I'll have a twist of lemon. I'll have a twist of lemon, please. I'll have a twist of lemon. Night has fallen once again over the hill country surrounding Austin, Texas. Here I sit behind my microphone inside my ivy-covered castle. Down on the east side, the birds have long vacated Bill the Landlord's bird feeder. And I await that magical hour, that podcast spectacular, that time that I get to spend with you guys. One Magical Nation. We call it One Magical Hour, a Matthew and Schaefer podcast spectacular. And uh, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be magical, would it? Without without the uh, the dulcet tones, the dulcet voice of this guy. You know him, you love him. He is wanted in Topanga and uh, and sequestered in Tarzana. Uh, he's he's as mystic as Martinique, and twice as hot as Montserrat, he's Matthew Rampy. Life is like podcasting. Everyone must cast alone. I see you download me, and it feels like home. Shafee, when you call my name, it's like a little prayer. It feels just like home. <laughs> oh. Hi, Hi Shafee. Hi, how are you? Is, is this, and I think this is correct, is this episode 83? 83, yes, that's correct. Oh, I just posted 82. Okay. Everybody, everybody will be glad to hear. It's yeah, up. I, wanted to, I wanted to listen. Well, I mean, part of the delay is me. I'm not I'm not getting the cast cut in the same timely manner as I once was. Um I went to I wanted to listen to it. As I've mentioned, I try to listen to the previous cast before the subsequent cast and uh I it wasn't up and that was fine. I mean, it's the weekend. We it seems like, you know, we used to be like, "Oh, let's post it on this day and that day," but now it's just like whenever we can get it done, right? Is that right? Is yeah. That the schedule yeah. And uh yeah, you know, things are just getting things are getting busier all the time. Things are getting busier all the time. <laughs> I'll yeah. t- I'll tell you it's really interesting to watch uh something I've noticed, you know, weekdays at the front page have been getting very busy. You know, a lot of customers are coming back. It's really exciting. You know, people are starting to work in their offices again and you know, coming out for happy hours and stuff like that. So the 
Monday through Friday has taken off. Uh, but, you know, uh, we've seen it's so we started opening on Saturdays again and they've been all right. But last Saturday, particularly, there was almost nobody. Chuck and I went in and we were just hanging out. And, uh, you know, after a few hours, we were just like, well, we've been sitting here just talking to each other. We might as well just shut it down. So, you know, it, it seems like it's happening is now people are comfortable going on trips so i think uh every every weekend people are going to be dashing off to go somewhere that's not their house you know i know it seemed like it took forever like during the thing but now that we've done a year plus in quarantine or lockdown or whatever you want to call it it didn't seem that long it wasn't that you know it was uh, yeah it wasn't now, for now us that- we've we've got 45 of them <laughs> I'm sure it was excruciating for the kids, though. Yeah, right. (laughs) That was was a quarter of their lives, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. No, it's definitely... um, That's right. It it has been most difficult on the kids. And it's not over for the kids, but um, we we are getting... uh, We're getting our first shot tomorrow. Excellent. Congratulations. That feels that feels like the real beginning of the end. No doubt. Right? Yeah. But I mean, I think anybody, you know, shot or no shot, you can just drive around and see it. Yeah, today is a Sunday. I-35 was just gridlock traffic. Wow. It was it was, you know, yeah, it was like the before times, definitely. All right, I'm going to miss this pandemic. <laughs> this when I'm I think about I thirty five traffic, yes, I am absolutely inclined to agree with you. Yeah, uh, it feels like I thirty five traffic feels like being between a real rog and a hard place. You know what I mean? <laughs> some, some, between some prog and a hard place, or between a rog and a prog place, <laughs> or your car is the prog place, right? And the, I'm trying to I'm trying to institute rog and roll as <laughs> a thing. Uh, before, we'll work on it here. While we're talking about though, going back, you know, I I heard a story, a crazy story today on uh, on a, a a yeah dude. That's another podcast where you know two guys talk to each other uh, out in California, and uh, one of the guys, you know, California has been super locked down much more locked down than Texas. And right. Uh, one of the guys, Seth Romatelli is, he's a regular at this, uh, at this whole food store. It's called a sweet bean or something like that. It's a, it's a grocery, a healthy grocery store. And he goes, you know, he's got a very healthy diet and he goes to get his, you know, veggie morning, you know, breakfast there, uh, takeout. That's like a treat for him. And so he had finally, gone back there and like he was standing in line and the guy in front of him just like went feral and started attacking him <laughs> oh my it's, yeah, it shouldn't laugh it's horrible but it, it's it's just uh just one of those things he like and you know everybody was just jaw dropped including him you know it's like it's one of those things you know you're standing there you're just woken up you know you're doing something that you know, that at least used to be kind of something that you would do on autopilot, right? You know, he probably, in the four times he would go 
get, you know, his breakfast, you know, four or five times a week, right? And so you're just standing there. It's morning. You haven't eaten, you know, maybe you had a little coffee. And then you're standing in line and then just this feral stranger start just comes at you. He just started yelling at him and then he started hitting him. Seth picked up this stanchion, you know, that was used to to divvy up the the uh counter counter lanes or whatever and just basically fought him off with the stanchion. Uh the velvet rope. Yeah. Yeah. And uh Okay. While the hey, wait, now how do you know this guy? I listen to his podcast. Oh, okay. He's uh-huh. he's one of my podcast best friends. I see. Um, okay. <laughs> you know, there's Seth and Jonathan and Luke and Andrew and you and I. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, right. <laughs> that's my entire social circle. Uh, the podcast verse <laughs> of Schaefer. Schaefer podcast verse. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, uh yeah, and I normally wouldn't tell an entire story from one of their podcasts Listen, on here. I don't I don't mind you telling it. We can plumb them for we can talk about we can become a fan cast we're basically a tbtl fan cast yeah. anyway <laughs> but uh i just so this the reason that i wanted to bring up this story on here specifically with us talking about things getting back to normal is i wonder if there's going to be some people who have a lot more trouble getting back to normal you know uh that you know people who just weren't you know they spent a year, they, people who weren't necessarily socially acclimated to begin with have now spent a year, you know, not having to force themselves to do normal things. And when they do, you know, all of a sudden, you know, cause we're going to go, we're going from lockdown to, you know, to, you know, full, it's just a matter, it's just a couple of weeks, it seems, you know, like things yeah. and all of a sudden you're, you're back out there in the world and. I, I wonder if like for if for some of those people to just be like, you know, short circuiting like they didn't. Uh, anyway, so be well, careful. I be careful out there. Pizza I don't mean to. On Friday night. On Friday night. I'm sorry. On Friday night, I picked up some pizza from Home Slice, and I saw. Of course, they didn't have the dining room open. It was all. It was this massive chaotic scene in the parking lot where you could call in your order and you could call from your car for them to bring your food and you just open your trunk or there is a window that you could get slices or they just had the whole patio open right and so there were different levels of people's acceptance at the end of the pandemic and you know some people are vaccinated or or they've had covid or they just don't care whatever yeah um but you were talking about people acclimating back to you know social norms and I saw no less than three dudes wearing socks and sandals. <laughs> grown men, not German tourists. Three grown men wearing socks and like Crocs or sandals or, you know. And I feel like there's going to be a lot of those little details of civics that are just going to hopefully um, ho- hopefully phase back in after some time. Yeah, I was going to say, is that something that's necessarily going to really read on? I definitely remember joking with my guy at the corner store at the beginning of the pandemic when I, I was like, you know, things have changed in the world because I'm wearing Crocs in here right now, you know. 
something. Oh, you've had this personal experience. Yeah, that I would like, and that uh, I guess there's nothing wrong with wearing socks and sandals. There's nothing wrong with being a German tourist. <laughs> I think that I'll quickly go back to Norton to not wearing Crocs in public. Saying, thank you. It would be best for the podcast at this point <laughs> if you would wear closed-toed shoes. But I wonder and trou- if and trousers sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever worn a trouser in my life. Yeah, that's fine. I, I don't, you don't have to wear trousers <laughs> or breeches. You don't have to put on your breeches. Oh, uh, um, I'll go once more into the breeches for you, sir. Can I? Uh, just change the subject <laughs> yeah. apropos of nothing. Not because not because this isn't one of our most riveting conversations to date, <laughs> but just because I want to move down the show sheet. It looks the show sheet is well populated tonight. I'm pretty stoked about that. It is. Indeed. I wanted to I wanted to mention to you. This is in the category of this segment is, uh, you know, the amazing people that we know and have interviewed on this program. <clears throat> I finally caught one of. Milton's Facebook live events. Well, I, it, I, it had been a couple hours, but it was still up. I didn't get it live, but I watched a bit of it and man, Milton is so good, right? Like he's so amazing. He's such a great performer. He was performing with these two other dudes and they, it was a, Oh, what did he keep calling it? Not a, not his band. It was a section. He's like, this this section, you know, we've been wanting to put this together. This is, I can't remember. I'm ill-prepared here. Uh, <laughs> he was introducing the musicians, and then he was throwing it to the Facebook Live crowd as to what their name would be, and the people were suggesting different things. Um, like Milton and the Pizzaronis was one of them that I I thought was <laughs> noteworthy. But then Milton just like went into a tune. Like he he did a lot of vamping and talking to start the show, which was really engaging and fun. And then he goes into a tune and he has this manner of delivering. You know, these are like crooner tunes that he's doing. And I think the... I don't, the song was something like ain't been the same since my lady friend left this town. Oh yeah. That's a great and, song. And the, <clears throat> the casual delivery, the just uber casual delivery that he has. It's just talk about comforting. Yeah. I, I just love it. I'm a big Milton fan. Um, I'm going to catch another one of those Milton Facebook lives. Th- those are happening on Fridays at, Usually it's is it eight p.m. Uh, Central Standard Time? Uh, or no, it happens earlier in the Central. I think it's seven thirty Eastern, so six thirty Central. Yeah, they're lots of fun. Okay, well those are fantastic. Thanks again, Milton, for being on our show, even after Schaefer stole all your uh, music. <laughs> I wonder. Uh, I wonder if no he's just going to have those recordings. Like it seems like. I would enjoy hearing those sometime in the future, you know? Yeah, you could revisit them. You don't necessarily have to get them live. Well, they stay up on his... I think, like, the last one stays up until the next one comes along. Is that right? Or or are they just all still Is that right? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't don't know the rules and laws of Facebook's (laughs) insane ways. 
this thing where I have my microphone like off to the side is not working. I, like I can't talk to you and you see me. When I go to talk to my microphone, you see like half of my headphone. I don't know if you look at the video anyway. I but don't really. Sometimes, honestly, I'm usually you clicking don't. around. Okay. I come in and check out. You know, okay. if you start kind of a monologue or whatever, then I click over and and watch you for a while. But usually, I'm flipping right, between well, podcast notes and. Uh, well, I won't worry about it because we. When, but when we have a guest, I like to you know yeah. have you FaceTime on there. Sure. So, okay, I won't worry about it. Where were we? Episode 83. It feels heavy laden with segments. Are you uh would you would you say that you're would you say that you're a would you say that you're a giant yes. giant barge covered in shipping containers wedged sideways in the Suez Canal of your mind? <laughs> Um, of your life <laughs> no no but sometimes my uh, anxiety is the barge of the uh, stuck in the Suez Canal and those diggers trying to move away the sand is just my SSRIs maybe I got that from a meme maybe <laughs> got some, that that barge has some fantastic memes maybe the, maybe the Suez Canal is life and the barge is the COVID virus, and it's about to be <laughs> straightened up again. Uh, do you know what the countdown I like, is? I like that one. I like that one a lot. Um, no, what's that? Jameson. Uh, Jameson asked why uh, executive producer Jameson Driscoll asked why we have not news cruised the barge in the Suez Canal. He was very upset. He was like, "It's a boat. You're on a cruise." So he got us about that, and I I have been enjoying this the story a lot, and I we we really haven't covered it here. Do you know, did you hear the number that I was listening to another podcast, of course, uh, the Marketplace Make Me Smart podcast with Kai Rizdal and Molly Wood? And oh, what about I prefer Marketplace. <laughs> there's the uh, one about dogs. Kai Rufstall. Uh yeah. Molly Wood was saying the number Molly Wolf. Uh, the number for just kind of total losses as the minute minutes tick by for all, you know, the, with all of the product that's sitting, not moving in, you know, the Suez uh, Bay or whatever it is, or, you know, on the other side, the, the total losses per hour are $400 million. This is the part of the story that I don't like. So, uh, <laughs> It's also kind of um, like, I mean, I know that's true on some kind of metric, but in the end, all the products are going to get to where they're going. I guess the, it seems like the losers are the consumers that are going to end up paying more for the shortage of the products. Well, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how they judge that like, oh, these profits are lost. Uh, well, I mean, it's, there is some loss, right? Just keeping these boats operating you know uh, okay out in okay the, sure yes uh-huh or yeah. or if you have to go around the horn of africa that's another you know whatever the fuel cost is to push a boat like that around an entire I continent mean, i don't know what it is call yeah but call me a wambulance you know <laughs> yeah. see, see fair 
seafarers had to do that for a long, long time before they cut that canal. So, you know, this is just a reminder of how great the canal is. They'll they'll clear the canal if they have to take all the containers one by one off the ship and then dismantle the ship, you know. Um, The ship is really, to me, uh, indicative of our appetites, our insatiable appetites. We've, we can't transport enough consumer crap around the world <laughs> fast enough. And so we've built larger and larger ships. Yeah. And this is one of those super large ships. It's, it's the Suez canals barely got enough draft <laughs> and width for it. Yeah. Like, which we're just it's a little much everybody consume less and maybe we won't have these shipping log jams maybe or there'll just be also other kinds of log jams also it's yeah there'll be other kinds of log jams (laughs) it's a how many avocados do you give this story shape uh i would say it's it started out as an eight avocado story and it's kind of just slowly been Drifting down as uh, as other stories replace it. Uh, I, I I am as we don't fix the problem. It makes it makes me think that we are pretty stupid as a you know, <laughs> it's, as a technological society. I think I mean you are right about the fact that you know we just kept trying to you know send bigger ships down there. Be like, all right, I think we can do this. I think we can do that. Then, we can't get. We we need to get more stuff down this canal. <laughs> let's make the ships bigger. Yeah, let's do that. Maybe we can stack it higher up. Look how many containers they got on there, man. They got all kinds of shit in them containers. <laughs> what? You're like you're like okay, everybody. Let's make smaller ships, <laughs> smaller containers. No, we can't because we just keep making more people. So yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And people need all the stuff on those ships. I saw the headline today that one of the consequences might be that there's another toilet paper shortage. Whoa. I saw that on KVU today. I wonder if that's um, alarmist. Probably. Probably. Just like when we called it prog rog. <laughs> Um, I hope that executive producer Jameson Driscoll is pleased with our coverage of the, what's the name of that chip? Ever given. If the, oh, oh, now I get your text. <laughs> <laughs> Ever given, never received. I see. That sounds like, uh, Taylor Swift's latest album. <laughs> That was evermore, right. Matthew, do you ever just wake up in the morning and hear uh, an advertisement from the 1980s echo around in your head and then just sing it all day long? From time to time, yes. That happens to me pretty regularly with a product. It was a children's toy called Tuba Ruba. And... Tubaruba. I'm not okay. I'm not familiar with that. And Tell the, us more. At the TV ad went Tubaruba, Tubaruba, everybody Tubaruba. Now, I didn't that 
wedged itself into my brain at an early age and it's been with me my whole life and every now and then i'll just be walking down the street and i will start tuberuba and i i never had a tuberuba i didn't even really know what it was till just the other day when i uh when it popped into my head again and i you know finally i was like what the hell is a tuberuba and you know now i have this internet thing where i can just go type it in there so i did and the tuberuba looks awesome the tuberuba is like a adjustable customizable uh bendable uh what do you call it a hula hoop only it's not just hoop shaped you can like wrap it around your arm wrap it around your chest wrap it around your leg and you basically turn they still make them I don't I don't think so. Okay. I don't know. Sorry, I got excited. Uh and then it's and then you kind of turn your whole body into a maze. And so then you put a marble in one end of the tuberuba <laughs> and you gotta move your body around to get the marble through to the other end of the thing. And you can do it with friends and you can put multiple tuberubas together and wrap everybody up and uh and yeah, that's it. I, I could you do a tuberuba bar? <laughs> could you open a bar with the tuberuba theme? Maybe so. Maybe we could. Uh, maybe we could just get a couple. We could find. Maybe we could just have t- tuberuba night at the front page. <laughs> You're trying to buy one off of eBay. Right I'm now. looking at it right now. <laughs> I'm gonna put the tuberuba commercial up on our Facebook page just so you guys can watch it. The uh, the body action action game, it does appear to be out of stock most everywhere. Because mm, it's wildly popular. Void game geek, come through for me now. Well, thank you. Thank you for that little uh, little sideways trip into my mind. I need to get a visual on this thing. Is there a link that you could put on the Facebook page? There is, yeah. I will do it. But I know what you're thinking. Matthew, just Google it your damn self. But I just want to make it easy for One Magical Universe to check that out. Tuba Ruba board game. Oh, wait, wait. Is it Ruba Tuba or Tuba Ruba? I'm I'm pretty sure it's Tuba Ruba. Okay, because there's also some. uh, Okay. Tuba Ruba. And then (laughs) this means Ruba Ruba? (laughs) What? I'm sorry, I'm... I'm confused by the internet uh, results from Tubaruba. First thing, it, the internet wants me to call it Rubaruba. Yeah, what's a Rubaruba? Let me do, let me try that. Oh, that's a that's like a K-pop song, Rubaruba. Ah, uh, no, it's 
T-U-B-A, like the oh, instrument oh. space, R-U-B-A. Do you have it spelled differently on the show sheet? I definitely do. Okay. That, <laughs> I did not know how to spell it off the top of my head. <laughs> okay, the body action game. Huh. Now you got there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That looks... Okay, first thing. Are you are you looking at the box? <laughs> Have you seen the box? It's a it's a boy and a girl, and it's the cover of the box is like from 1987, and they're back to back, and they've got the tubaruba basically tying them together, like the Miller's Tale, the Beast with Two Backs. I mean, that's not exactly what I meant in the Miller's Tale, but. Um, <laughs> It looks a little uh, sensational, a little salacious to me. Okay, yeah, I guess in terms no. in ter- in, ter- in terms of like a uh, what do you call a party with boys and girls? <laughs> a mixed party. <laughs> I could see how it might. Look, I'm just saying from my sort of. Uh, you know, Baptist upbringing. I can see why we never had a tubaruba in the house <laughs> because of the uh, suggestive nature of the cover of the tubaruba. Oh, but that does look like a lot of fun. But this also looks like something that we could totally just make ourselves. Okay, here you know? is like a website we called. Could buy these. Go ahead. Do you remember? Do you remember? It's a nostalgia website. Tubaruba involves one person tying up one or two other people with long detachable tubes, then running a marble from one end of the tube to the other. You can make it especially tricky by going through the legs, around your arms, etc. It involves a lot of movement to get the marble out. Tubaruba was awesome when you were a kid. Most importantly, in middle school and high school, it was a way to attach yourself to the opposite sex and then flirt without actually trying. There were times when I was a kid that we used the tubes to bong soda. <laughs> it was tough <laughs> and often hard to clean out the tubes. <laughs> bong soda? The tubes also this made some really cool noises British when you put the marble side. through them. I wish I still had that game. It's one of the better ones that disappeared. So it was just a way to get the opposite sexes now, to touch. You, you can you could take this as you could take this nefariously. Um, Matthew, or I think you could also look at it as it's a good thing, a way to uh, kind of sublimate some of those feelings that curse everybody in adolescence, uh, but do it in a you know relatively, a relatively healthy manner. Way to put a positive spin on that, Uncle Shafee. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's that is good. I agree. I totally agree. It's a way to just. It's just like alcohol. It's a way to just break down those inhibitions that you might have and just tie yourself to somebody with plastic tubes. I honestly am astounded by how much mileage we got out of the tubaruba. I didn't see that. I didn't see this coming. I just wanted to sing you the song. You never know. You never know when you put something on the show sheet where it might go. <laughs> go. Go on to the next bullet point. That's fine. We might have to come back to the tubaruba. News is not real life. Okay, I was having one of, did this ever happen to you? I was having a conversation 
with a relative who watches too much Fox News. And I had kind of a breakthrough, Matthew. I was thinking about the end of the pandemic, and I was thinking about, you know, how there was a whole group of, you know, folks, uh, the, the ones that I knew were in West Texas, but they were all, you know, f- closely following a lot of news outlets that were denying, at first denying the existence of the pandemic and then denying the efficacy of things. And then there was a huge outbreak, <laughs> right? And so today, you know, it's kind of, I was, they also, I've, this group also probably is Holocaust deniers as I've well. I've been right? kind of, you know, doing a debrief, my own personal debriefing on the end of the pandemic and thinking about things. And I started to think about that and, you know, and, and the way I do that, I don't know if it's healthy or not, but I, you know, I have conversations with these people while I'm alone in my, you know, while I'm alone in my house. <laughs> and, you know, in the, I wanted in that conversation to, you know, say, hey, you know, what, all the, all of that stuff that you said wasn't true turned out to be true. Like, does this not make you question your news outlets? And the uh, non-existent person who I was talking to kind of talked back and, you know, kind of pointed out, I think there are that there are, they don't look to the news for truth. The news is another produced product that is given to them, you know, for their entertainment, a way to fill, you know, the time when you're drinking coffee in the morning or the time to, and it's a lot like this podcast and now exactly. Sure. All right. Uh, but you know, and while, but we're, but we're not pretending to be journalists and, and then, you know, I did, I, it kind of, you know, it occurred to me that, and, and that's true. It, it all, even if, even a trusted news source, you know, there's still, there's a guy, there's an editor sitting there deciding, you know, should we run this story or should we run this story? And no matter how, you know, no matter how not unbiased you are, you still, by virtue of not running every single story that comes across and is verifiably true, you are, you are exerting some bias in that regard. And, you know, and I kind of took it further, like as like as having this conversation with, yeah, you know, with my grandmother, uh, in my head, and you know, uh, it it kind of it it went further into, you know, you know that just that just being entertainment. You know, she doesn't she she doesn't believe that the news is real life and the news is not real life you know real life is what is actually happening outside and happening to her and actually to to assume that something that was going on on cable television for profit was real life also that would be a dangerous thing to do in itself you know that's you know i i i the the point of all this is i understood a certain level of this perspective uh, as, you know, as approached to 
what's going on on a 24-hour cable news network. Now, I still think it's important. I, I, I still love the, fr the free press, and I love journalism, and I support journalists, and uh, I think very highly of certain newspapers and cert certain news outlets. Yeah, the fourth estate in general. Uh, I know that it's important. I know that they're the watchdogs for our, our government and that we can't really have a democracy without them. But it's also unhealthy to go to, to give 24 hour cable news too much, too much uh, hold on reality. And uh, that's kind of, that's just kind of something that, uh, that I <laughs> came to conclusion that I came through while talking with, to myself, staring at the wall today. Uh, is it, is it profound? It I don't know. There's, I love it that your adversary became your grandmother. Oh, it, ch it changes. Of course. Yeah. The person that you're talking well, to. I mean, we're, we're, well, and we're all dealing with that where there is someone in your life that is making less than critical thinking decisions about the information that they're intaking. And so, uh, yeah, frightening, man. Um, thank you for reminding us that news is not real life. It, I, th I thought it was interesting what you were saying about even if you, if, if you're with the Associated Press and the approved stories that come across the wire, even just the editing of those and choosing which ones are going to make it to the air, even that small step that every news outlet has to do, and you know that they're choosing ones that are you know, going to be the most attention-grabbing or, or whatever, and then whatever bias is involved, even just choosing the stories, that's like the first level of like bias, right? Yeah. But what, of course, what you're talking about is then, uh, you know, embellishing on uh, truthy the truthiness of some of the tales. I mean, to to really play to your base, you know. Yeah. It's, or there's yeah, there's definitely and there's news outlets that tell outright lies. Right. There's there is a problem with right. you know. We're seeing a lot of that. <laughs> We're seeing a lot of that. And that's you know, and that's that's not what I'm talking about. I'm more you know just trying to figure out why somebody who I know is a rational human being, you know, still insists that things, that they still insist that, you know, that somebody's lying to them about something and, you know, just kind of trying to get back on and admitting to myself that I should, I should also realize that the 24 hour cable news cycle is not reality. You know, that's, that's an important thing for any of us to remember. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it seems to, all of us. I mean, think things, um, we were in a kind of a storm during the Trump era and there are enough rational decisions being made by our government that, um, I mean, I know that there are things going on and there are issues, but, it doesn't seem quite as chaotic and turbulent as it did, say, uh, you know, a few months ago or a year ago, or I don't know. Um, maybe it's just a regular ebb and flow. I don't know. Um, yeah. And here we are. 
Um, I've got an avocado review this evening. Oh, excellent. Well, surprise, that was not on the show sheet. It is. It is. I didn't I didn't title it as a, Oh, I see. As an avocado. It's it's the last one on the show sheet. Let me know when you're ready for it. Okay, I just let's just take the show sheet in order then. I wanted wanted to propose that we jump on the non-fungible token train and i think we should auction through sotheby's or whoever it is who's auctioning these things let's let's make let's turn the first 50 pages of show notes into a non-fungible token and auction that off at sotheby's what do you think um yeah absolutely but don't you pronounce that sotheby's (laughs) i don't know i don't even know if that's i don't know if that's what i'm talking about I, no, I think you're right. Uh, but there was another word that you said that I wanted to go back on. You um, you were saying feral, where I would say feral. feral. This has happened to us. This has happened to us before. With um, f- I pronounced it fecund. <laughs> we we never got to the bottom of that, did we? I mean, I think that uh, there are. A, there's kind of a rainbow of pronunciations of that word. Fecund, fecund. Maybe I think I'm, I'll admit that I'm pronouncing it wrong. I think it's more like fecund, fecund. right? <laughs> yeah. But not fecund, uh, like I was saying either. But, but, right. But f- feral? Do you think, is that how you've always pronounced that? I don't know. Feral is the correct pronunciation. Yeah, you're right. I would call it feral. But but now, what about Sotheby's? <laughs> <laughs> look, if if we look, we're good friends. We've known each other for a long time. I think that uh, you know, if I have spinach in my teeth, I would expect you to tell there me. There is a Google's pronunciation yeah. for Sotheby's, and it okay, is Sotheby's. Okay. What did you? What were you saying? <laughs> Sotheby's. <laughs> I just want to clarify for our listeners. That's all. Yeah. Sotheby's. Sotheby's. So our first fifty page of show notes. So where are we at here? Oh, we're at forty five. Yeah. So here in a few episodes, get ready, one magical universe, to bid on a non fungible token, which is a is it a. Is it a printout or do we just share it? Yeah, no, in the Google it's, Drive it's only with digital. The person that gets the NFT. Okay, <laughs> cool. Yeah, uh, I can see that going for cents. <laughs> but we're not, we're not just going to share the. We have to actually many many cents. All right. Well, here's where here's where my knowledge totally breaks down. What do we have to do to it to make it a non fungible token? Like it has to be registered with some kind of blockchain, right? We gotta get field correspondent Dickie Hall <laughs> back on this bad boy to talk yeah, about let's that. Let's get him on. <laughs> we also gotta get. I've promised the listenership so much. We gotta get Porter back on to talk about uh, two guys, one outfit. Too. Okay. So yeah, maybe that could be. Have we had those guys on together before? So were we all on here together one time? Uh, battles and Dicky. Oh, it was out. Al- it was Alex yeah. and Dicky, right? It's okay. Okay. Well, we can we can uh, 
change it up. Okay. Well, I would like to talk about more children's television. You know, I watch a lot of shows for kids these days. I, I used to watch shows for adults. I really did, you know. Don't anymore. But I really don't anymore. I hear about, I hear people talking about shows for adults. And they sound riveting. <laughs> uh, but I don't have, I, I watch family movies and um, and then shows for kids. As evidenced by my enthralling living Maddie avocado review. But uh, tonight I would like to tell you about a show that I'm really excited about. I've actually already binged it all. It's an Australian show. It's called The Investigators. It's a it's a mockumentary comedy, kind of in the style of Modern Family. And it's about a group of kids at a middle school and they've you it's not specific the location, but if you can look it up, they're in they're in Melbourne in the in the Moorabbin neighborhood of Victoria, which is part of the greater Melbourne area. And there's only two seasons, um, and it's just not enough. It focuses on four main characters. There's Ezra, Maudie, Ava, and Kyle. And they are a group of kids who love detective work. And they start an investigative agency, and they call themselves the Investigators. And they've got Ezra's family's granny flat, which is like a small house in the back of your of your house where your granny comes when she comes to visit. Ezra's granny actually lives in Newcastle, England. She comes sometimes. And um, the show is like a 30-minute sitcom kind of format. And it's split into two. Uh, they do two cases per episode. It's like two halves. And... At the first of it, they say something like, that's the case of the missing portfolio. And they do this. And, and then they go into it. And, and then one of the characters is telling the story of the case. And while they're telling the story of the case, they're doing something with their hands. They're like baking or doing origami or doing a craft or something. And so that's an aspect of it. And then it, it quickly shifts between scenes like, like modern family. Um, and there's this really, there's these really great musical hits between the, the shots. Boom, 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 boom. And, um, the kids themselves are fantastic. The casting was amazing. Uh, they, they, it starts off with Maudie is a new kid at the school and she is like, brilliant she is like an actual sherlock holmes character and ezra is pretty smart each kid's got their own uh each character's got their own um thing ezra's very gregarious and he's the business mind behind the investigators maudie ends up solving all the cases ava is gets very excited about stuff and she loves to plan an event or party and then Kyle is kind of the dum-dum foil, and he's the sporty kid, but he's great in his own right. And then the, the, 
accents are fantastic which i you know i love watching an australian show sure and the show is the show is so funny man um we zipped through it we were watching one episode a night the kids and i were both so excited to watch it each night and uh now we've gone through the two seasons and i just hope that they're in production on another one um but man, it's when you when you do find something that you can really sink your teeth into with your kids, um, uh, makes makes it sound like a interview with a vampire, and I'm raising Kirsten Dunst. Um, <laughs> but um, it, it's fun. It's really fun to have a show that you're really enjoying together. Um, so yeah, check out the Investigators. It's on Netflix. And how many avocados? I mean, if Oh, I it's eight avocados for me. I I really I really enjoyed it. Fantastic, yeah. Both but both seasons. And you know me, I'm I am a harsh reviewer. And I usually give as few avocados as possible. Is that a Disney Plus to make production? make guacamole. No, that's um no, it's it's it is not associated with Disney. It's um the Australian Tele- Children's Television Foundation. So you're getting this on Netflix? In Australia. It's on Netflix, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, check it out, folks. You heard it it here first. They start calling that girl Morty. Morty? Morty? And I thought they were saying Morty, like (laughs) M-O-R-T-Y. I was like, oh, that's kind of a cute name for (laughs) Australian kids. Must be called Morty, huh? But it's Maudie, M-A-U-D-I-E, like like our Mexican food restaurant here. Am I? Um, yeah, Maudie. And that's uh, that's what we've got for one magical hour. And I know what you're thinking. Was that really magical? <laughs> it was. It was. You just you just couldn't tell. Every hour on this earth is magical. Wait until you listen to it the second time. Like I'm going to watch the investigators the second time around. Get some, get some of the nuances. Yeah. Or in Australia, the nuances. Do you think we have any super fans who actually listens, who actually have listened to one of our episodes more than once? How does, how does an Australian say fecundity? Fecundity. 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 Some of the, the names are great. They, um, one of the teachers is called Mrs. Paredes. Mrs. Paredes. We're, me and the kids have been working on our uh, our Australian accents. This is this is my Australian uh, for no. Are you ready? Noi. Noi. <laughs> Noi! <laughs> I'm impressed. Did you enjoy that avocado? Review? I did very much. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I might. You should. You should watch that. I might show. track the showdown. Yeah, dude, it's totally worth a watch. And obviously, for all you parents out there, get on it. Wait, uh, let's do a little forward for forward promo here. How in your Australian accent do you say harbinger? Harbinger. 
That was so good. It sounded a little it's so new. good. That sounded a little. That new. was awesome. Thanks, thanks. <laughs> the, this one time, actually, um, when I was a kid, I, I had come down to UT for the Future Problem Solvers um, competition, the state competition for future problem solving, which was like a writing competition I used to do in elementary school. And I there was a mixer, and I convinced a bunch of kids I was Australian. With a, probably a not as good as Australian as I was just doing. Noi! <laughs> well, folks. But you know, that's because, it's because I'm a con man. It's the long con, just like this podcast. Hey, could anybody review us on Apple Podcasts, please? Do that. Review us on Apple Podcasts. Come back next time to find out why we sneakily worked the word harbinger into the very end of this show. I know I keep I keep meaning to do that you know, word shop and it keeps getting pushed. Folks, we've got so much content that stuff gets pushed. Like we've got segments set up and we're we have we get so into Tubaruba that we can't even get Look to at it. our Facebook page for a vintage Tubaruba ad. And uh remember the poor of the choices. The suede of the wine. <laughs> Good night. I never had game To turn heads with my name My picture though good Sells for less than the wood Of its frame And I never walk sure Of my own allure Of the limits of my expertise I'm a grand connoisseur If I've charmed or disarmed It's been due to luck Surely not cunning or skill I've spared every banqueter's life When I've dressed to kill And I never had grace Nor a well-hidden ace No need to look hard Every card you could read on my face I'm soft round the edges With beds full of hedges And the fortunes that will not accrue I never had game It's a shame But it's true It's a shame.
but it's true. 